and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. How's it going? It's going really well. And and I love sort of this, you know, time period of moving into the holidays and moving into the new year. And that's actually the subject we're going to talk about today. Yes, yes. Always love this time of year because I feel like I do get to hibernate a little bit. I always take some time off um, in, you know, like three weeks if I can, because my kids are off school. So why not stop working? And um, so it's a good time to think about like, how do we strategize though time off maybe, and then also getting ready for next year? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, we talked so, you know, a few episodes ago about sort of momentum in the holidays. And I thought what we could talk about today is, and sort of goals, goals for the new year. You know, we, I think we get, we, a lot of us get really excited to start the new year, refresh, and we want to look at what do we want to accomplish next year? How do we want to focus our attention? And one of the interesting things that I see is that oftentimes we have big visions for the year, which is amazing, right? We want to have big visions. We want to envision our ultimate and what we want to experience down the track. And, and that allows us to kind of focus and move forward. But I also think sometimes we're not very realistic. And what that does is allow us not to be focused enough. It also can allow for disappointment and discouragement when we're not moving fast enough or we're not creating sort of our end goals that we, you know, have as expectations on ourselves in the year. And so how do we find a balance between the big vision and realistic goals? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is a great, um, place to explore because so many of us do get excited about the reset. And I know that I think I have two um, times throughout the year that I sort of feel that reset, like, oh, everything is possible now. Like all of a sudden I'm going to be able to do the things that I haven't yet done, but there's something about this time of year. And for me, that is September in the fall before my kids start back to school. Cause here in the States, that's like the back to school season season. Um, and somehow that makes me feel really like, um, hitting a reset button. And then January, um, is the new year and it's closing out, um, for business. It means we're closing out our books. We're closing out those finances for what happened in 2018. And we're looking into now in 2019, how are we going to strategize and create, um, new financial goals or growth goals or expansion or transition. So I am, with everyone else, like, yay, this is exciting. Let's do this. It feels fun. Yet 
I also have the experience of hitting that disappointment sometime in February (laughs) when I'm already like behind and somehow all of those things that I had hoped, um, I haven't yet put them in place or maybe I'm just feeling, um, maybe that I changed directions or I'm not feeling as motivated or excited or yeah. So I'm happy we're exploring this because I've struggled with it myself. Yeah. Look, and it took me a long time as well to find the right uh, way to do it that worked for me and that allowed me to progress my goals in a way that was also kind to myself. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. And what I find is that big goals are like long-term visions, right? And so we talked a little bit about that, um, you know, a while ago in envisioning uh, a bigger vision for yourself. And I think, yeah. you know, what we want to do is have long-term goals. We want to have like, this is what we want to experience. This is what we want to feel. This is what feels right for our life. But I think those long-term goals shouldn't have a timeline, And the reason is, is because we oftentimes can't see all the steps. We can't see all the things like we may know the next step, but we oftentimes don't know the hundred steps that are going to go in between. And so it's sometimes better to have sort of a big vision. We really feel it. We know what we want to create without a timeline because we want to create it no matter what it takes, you know, and then begin to just start to feel what is our next step? What is kind of like a chunk of that big vision that we can start to create now? Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. And I do think it's the timeline that ends up um, being my nemesis, right? It's like, it's the thing that brings me down because then I start measuring myself against this projected timeline. And yet I wasn't at the moment that I did create these goals. I I couldn't be a a future. I couldn't predict the future, you know, and things happen and those timelines are going to need to shift. And I love that we talk about the flexibility of timelines in business through a lot of our different episodes, right? (laughs) Because I think that there is this feeling that we're supposed to measure up against these timelines we set or these expectations. Like, you know, I was supposed to get it done by this time and it didn't happen. So now I'm bad versus I set this time, wait, life happens. Um, my family member needed me. I had to take some time off. I did that. Okay. Now I've got to readjust just having a lot more compassion and understanding that that moving the, the goal, moving the timeline doesn't mean that we're failing. It actually means we're being resilient. Yes. Yes. So true. And I find like for myself, you know, there, I've had big goals for a long time. And the reason I'm starting to sort of accomplish them is because they've always been this, this thing I've envisioned and I've never beat myself up for not having created them five years ago or 10 years ago. You know, I just knew this is what I'm moving towards. This is what I'm creating. And there's just stepping stones in between to get to that destination. And so I'm just taking the next stepping stone. I'm just taking that next step and moving in a sequence. And I think, you know, if we gave ourselves a little bit of um, more leeway in being able to flow with things as they come, we would actually progress much faster towards our goals. But what I find is that, you know, when we have a really strict timeline and then we fail, then we beat ourselves up and we go through remorse and we go through like, you know, we're a failure and we go, all of that which sabotages our energy and takes us so much more time to get back on track again. Yeah. And such a good point. That's exactly what it does. It takes more energy to be stuck in the, uh, I'm failing 
circle here, this like place that we're caught in versus going forward and just being like, okay, deep breath, like shifting, pivoting. That's a popular word in business, right? It's like, I just, I can learn to pivot. And that word has just come up in the last couple of years, because I think that, um, this kind of comes to the women, the feminine, masculine. I think a lot of women came into the business world also thinking that if they pivoted too much, if they shifted their timelines, they wouldn't be taking, wouldn't be taken seriously enough in business. And I think that is something that we need to um, speak to because I believe it makes us better leaders when we can be flexible, when we can see that there's resiliency in our um, adaptability and our ability to, to, to change according to what our life needs and what our business needs. Yes. And I think, you know, this code kind of goes back into some of the things that we talk about, whereas we're really running our own race. Like we have to stop comparing. We have to stop trying to be like everyone else. Like we are running our own race and we have to find the pace that works for us. That means we're going to have to adjust. That means we're going to have to change timelines. You know, what we thought was the next step may not be the next step. And then we realize there's a different next step. And we need that flexibility to be able to shift and change where we focus our attention in what actions we take. And I think when we're really stiff about that, when we have sort of very set ways, like, oh, we have this timeline, this was the thing we said we would do, and we're going to stick to it no matter what until we reach the end. I think that really sabotages women's success. Because I know for myself that I have to almost reevaluate every Monday morning. What's my focus this week? You know, like, what am I going to get done? What's the new priorities? What I thought was a priority, all this stuff has shifted and now there's a whole new priorities. So, yes, I love that you said Monday morning because I was like, is she going to say like every quarter? And, you know, (laughs) I was like, no, every Monday, every week. I feel the same. I actually look forward to the fact that I don't put clients on my schedule Mondays because Mondays are my day to reassess and get clear about the week. I know a lot of people try to do it on Sunday and I just have never been able to successfully do it on Sunday because Sunday in my family is still family day. Like this is still when we're doing stuff and I can't get my head around everything in a clear way. So I put the kid, you know, get the kids to school, have my coffee and sit down Mondays. Mondays is like, where am I? Breathe, do my meditation and get clear about what are my goals for the week. And I think that going into the new year with these big vision goals, knowing that what if we kind of have that in the back of our mind, if this is going to be my big vision goal, these are my intentions, but every week I'm going to give myself permission to reflect on where am I this week? Where am I today? You know, that could become part of your big vision for next year that you're actually sitting with yourself and doing real time check-in and inquiry to see and with, with understanding and compassion Mm -hmm. instead of any of that harsh judgment that we can tend to do to ourselves. Yeah. Well, and I think part of the the challenge is that we we actually expect too much of ourselves. I mean, really. You know, yeah. this is so often our goals are like unrealistic and they're they're, you know, going to sabotage our efforts because it's impossible. I mean, like we'd have to be superhuman to get all that done or to accomplish those goals and deal with family and deal with our life and deal with our health and deal with just day-to-day life and making sure we have food on the table and all the many, many, many things we have to navigate. We get into these really unrealistic goals. And I think if we can start to um, honor ourselves and honor our journey and give more or space to our goals, then we're going to be able to create a lot more um, of what we actually want. 
Yes. And we'll stay more excited about them when we know that there's space, as you say, around them, then we can get excited as we see ourselves approaching those goals. We can get curious when we start looking that maybe, oh, you know, reassessing it and saying, huh, I wonder how I may need to pivot here in order to reach that goal. It becomes a completely different relationship to our business into our vision, one that's based on that excitement and that curiosity, not based on rigidity or this comparison or some sort of race, like you said, that we're running against ourselves as if time is running out. That is going to be much more exhausting. And we're going to literally create more cortisol and adrenaline coursing through our body, you know, if we take on our goals from that perspective. Totally. So... How, what are some strategies and tips? Because I think that's what we've got to offer is like yeah. some strategies and tips. And, and you know, the first thing I think for everyone when they're sort of designing their, you know, New Year's goals is first you've got to really be able to feel your long-term vision. And it's got to be in feel, which we've talked about before as well. Like you need to be able to know what it's going to feel like. So maybe you want balance. Maybe you want fulfillment. You know, whatever that is, I think you've got to have sort of an anchor feeling, a feeling that that drives you forward and a feeling you can compare what you're creating to because so often we create goals based on a concept, based on an idea, and we oftentimes don't actually know what that's going to feel like. And as we progress towards that goal, we realize it's the opposite of how we want to feel. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the best way to get into that state of what am I feeling now? What do I want to feel is again, to use the word space, creating space around yourself in that moment of alignment of where you're touching into yourself, into your feeling state. And my recommendation and what I try to do is that when I do this sort of new um, next year, new year envisioning is take a half day or take Mm. a whole day that I can create, like, this is my retreat time. Like, this is me getting ready for next year. And one year I went to a local spa and I booked myself a massage, but it was one of those places that was like, you could stay all day. And they had um, a a cafe and they had this really great living room feel set up with a big, big fireplace. And so I did my massage and then I took my journals out and I just let myself sit. And it wasn't um, like I could sit in this really comfy chair in front of the fire and just let myself feel into what do I want to experience next year and write whatever came to mind, words that I wanted to embody um, or experiences I wanted to have just or how I just wanted my business to feel. Yeah, just what do I want? Do I want to feel... Um, really creative and productive and just churning a lot of things out? Or do I want to feel like I am in the bigger vision and I have my staff and team that are carrying out these ideas we've already put into play? And it's like, what do you want to experience as yours to, to play with? So that's a tip that I have is that instead of doing it just like at your desk or in a regular day routine that you have, like go somewhere different. Think mm. of a place that, you know, it could be a local coffee shop that you love or a place out in nature or a co-working space or like some place that you can devote to your, that's your space in your time. Yes. I love that because it's so true. You have to create the space for this part of what you're doing. Like really that envisioning is something you need to feel. And in order to feel, you have to have space. So it becomes really important. And really until you do this, until you can feel your bigger vision, 
I wouldn't go to any of the other steps. Because if you don't have something to anchor you, move you forward, you don't have something to focus on, it would be impossible for you to determine what the next step is. So to me, this is like the core. This is the most important things. And the holidays is a great time to do that because most of us are taking two to three weeks off. Yes, you're with family. Yes, there's obligations. But there's usually a little time you can, you know, slip out. Maybe a little time you can dedicate. Maybe a day you can take and align with your partner. I think this becomes really, really important. And if you can do that before the holidays, like now, um, if that's easier for you while the kids are still in school or whatever we're, cre- you know, whatever you're creating, mm-hmm. then do that. Because I think it's really important that you create the space and have the vision. And it, it I think it's also great to be able to do that in periods through Throughout the year. So maybe once a quarter to reassess the vision. Does it feel good? Does it, is it still what I actually want? You know, how has it changed and pivoted? I think, you know, checking in every quarter to your vision is a really great idea. Yes. And this is where writing it down, like having a particular journal or a place on your computer that you store your thoughts each um, retreat, then you can look back at that. You can kind of pull that back out um, when you're sitting down in the first quarter to just be like, okay, so where am I now? Like, how do I feel now? Like you said, and be able to to tell whether there's still alignment there or whether there's a natural um, need to shift that timeline, that expectation, or maybe even some of your goals have changed. Yeah, exactly. And so I think once you kind of have a vision, it's great to have it in writing as well. Like I have all my clients do what I call the morning formula. And that way they've got, you know, sort of their long-term vision really laid out in a nice document that they can check in with even daily. So I think that's a great thing. And I think once you have that long-term vision, then as you're planning sort of your new year's goals, I think it's like looking at buckets. So this, the way that I do things, because my mind, I own, I want to simplify everything. I, I want to be organized. I want to just be focused on the things that are important right now. So I look at things in terms of buckets. I know that if I put a bunch of things in a later bucket, I don't have to put attention on them. I don't have to worry about them. They're for later. So I do this with years as well. So I look at, you know, here's my big vision. And I start to think about, okay, what's going to go in this year's bucket? You know, what, what's the next steps? What's really important that I sort of accomplish this year to get to that vision, to get, you know, to start to move towards that vision. And then I know that this is all I'm going to focus on this year. And that's really, it's great because it allows you to simplify and everything else is later because we, I think we have a lot of ideas, you know, especially growing a business. A lot of us want to be thought leaders as well. So we have these ideas of what we want a podcast, we want a book, we want to, you know, TEDx stage, you know, I had all of those goals, um, you know, and different things that we want to create or growth or sales or, you know, there's so many things. And I think what we end up doing is just putting too much on our plate for one year. And so it's really important to focus on what's the next most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love the buckets because I do the buckets in that way in the like the larger yearly buckets, like what's going in this year and what can you maybe expect to do um, in two years, three years, five years, 10 years. Um, And then I like to look at like buckets buckets within my business, like, okay, this is the speak, you know, this is what I'm doing to do PR and outreach and speaking. And then this is my operations and staffing and HR kind of put different things, um, in different aspects of my business into buckets, because there are some years, right. That if I try to tackle all my buckets and have like really big goals across Mm. the board that, like you said, could be a very unrealistic plan. I may need to like 
think about, well, what are the two big buckets that I'm going to do a lot of growth in? And then I can hold on and do these other areas next year, you know, just like really looking more long-term. And you and I talk about this all the time. Entrepreneurship is a long-term plan. It's not something that's about overnight success. So it's like really, really reminding yourself, I have plenty of time. Like I can be doing this and I can be doing all these other things. Um, it's, it's (laughs) okay to be like, not, I don't know, like not doing it all. So sometimes I'm running really slow on a side project that I know that, that I'm going to put a lot of energy into next year, but this year I'm just going to dabble and keep it alive with a little bit of energy. And then next year I'm going to go really big. So I like to put things into little buckets that are within my business. And then another thing that, another tip that I have that's kind of related to that is like writing down all the different things that I would like to do, kind of like the what you do in a morning formula where you have mm. people do, um, just write what's on, you know, what's going on, what, what do you want to do in your business for that week or what, but like for the year, it's like, instead of trying to be strategic about your goals first, actually you do it like stream of consciousness. We just think about like, what's everything I've had pop up in my head. I want to write a book. I want to do this. I want to launch this. <laughs> I want to, you know, just like let yourself write it all down and then go back to each line item and like, look at it. And really sit with it and feel it in your body and ask yourself, do I really want to do this? Is mm. that really true for me? Second question is, is this what somebody else has told me I should do? Mm. Third question, am I comparing myself to someone and I think that that's why I should be doing this? like three inquiries, right? It's like, really, is it what I want to do? Then if it's you know, yes, then, you know, but keep asking all those three questions because you're looking for, am I comparing myself? Am I, do I have somebody else's voice in my head? And then radical, is this really true? Means that you're just digging a little bit deeper into the felt. You'll feel that like we talked about creating space, you'll feel like, yeah, this is really my truth or no, this is just a story I've told myself that I should write a book, but I really hate writing. And I would rather talk on a TEDx stage any day and I should pursue that. Yeah. So so good. You know, and I think it can also be really good to have some support as well. Like, you know, sometimes I think it's hard in our own heads because we just have a lack of knowledge of sort of some of the things we're trying to create. You know, is it really the next step for us to create a book? Is that really, you know, the next step for us to be on a TEDx stage? And I think having support, having a coach, having someone who can also help kind of guide you next year into the right next step is also great and really important because I know there's so much that my clients have on their plate that I strip back almost immediately. I'm like, that is in a later bucket. That's in a later bucket. That's 80% of what I'm doing. I do with them. I'm like, it's gone. 80% of what you're doing is like over. You don't need to focus on that. And I think the way it's, you know, we've talked about some on a podcast, but there's so much hype out there about what you should be doing. And that's why that inquiry is really good as well. Because is this something I feel like I should be doing, you know, or is this something I actually feel like I want to do? Uh, Because, you know, things like a book, you know, that is, 
uh, not the best way to actually get income. And if you don't have already a really good sales process or already a really good um, income, then a book is not the next step. You know, things like that where, you know, everyone's just trying to do all of these things because they've been told they should or the world says they should. And, and so they go out there and do like lots of Facebook lives, but they aren't tying it into sales. And so all those Facebook lives are pointless. And, you know, I Mm -hmm. think, you know, it's really great sometimes to also have people in our lives that can guide us into what do we actually sort of need to focus on. Yeah. I love that piece. That's a great tip. And like you said, just, um, that, or I I was, you were talking about just the timeline again of, um, maybe it's not the right time. I think that, you know, for me, I had a lot of these dreams and aspirations, even in my first couple of years as an Mm. entrepreneur. And looking back, I wasn't truly ready to be a thought leader until I had almost a decade of my field that I've really immersed myself. And I'm not telling everybody they're going to have to wait 10 years, but I will (laughs) tell you that I am so much more confident. Like I can walk onto any stage right now and tell you my story and tell you my why and tell you why I do what it is that I do because I've lived it now for 10 years. It's not something I'm dabbling with. Well, maybe this is, you know, it's changed, it's evolved, but I've gotten more and more um, strength in it. I've gotten more and more commitment. I've gotten the nuances. It's like a fine wine, right? It's just gotten better and better and better as I've gone deeper into my own personal growth and into understanding my industry and experience. And there's just nothing that you're going to be able to do to, to, um, fast forward that it is well-earned, you know, over time that you immerse yourself in what you do. And eventually you become that expert and you become that mentor. And I have all these young women now calling to have coffee and they want to ask me questions and they're on the brink of their careers. And I love this time. I love being able to be the one now that just shares my wisdom. And I had to earn that badge by just doing the work every Monday morning (laughs) and every (laughs) week and every day. And it's worth it. It's worth to, I don't know. I just want to convey that it's worth the wait and the patience, right? Sonia to like, let that unfold. Look, I actually think that's a whole nother great podcast episode we should do like on thought leadership and what that actually is, what that means, because I do think everyone's trying to shortcut the process. They're trying to write a book where they've hardly had any experience actually in their field. And yet they're trying to be a thought leader in it. And you've got all these young people who really haven't even lived life yet. And they're trying to be thought leaders and not to say that we all don't have wisdom to provide. But I think there is some real value in in collecting data for long periods of time and being able to enrich yourself in the experience of your field or your industry or your expertise. And, you know, I think this kind of goes to something I want to talk about as well with this topic, too, is that, you know, so often we're looking for the glory or we're looking for the big goals or we're looking for some of the things that feel good and we're not always looking at the things that really matter, And so one of the things I was going to say is that when you're starting to form your goals for next year, I think you you shouldn't just focus on growth goals. See, everyone that I know focuses on growth goals. This is how I'm going to grow my business this year. This is how I'm going to get more money, get more sales, get more, you know, thought leadership, whatever it is. It's like these growth goals, but not very many people focus on stabilizing goals. Mm. 
right? Like, you know, and I think we need to stair step. Like we need to grow a little bit and then we need to stabilize a little bit. And then we need to grow a little bit and then we need to stabilize a bit. This is the way that I created my program as well. It's like I help people grow and then I help them stabilize and then I help them grow again and then I help them stabilize. You know, what stabilizing goals do you have for next Mm. year? Mm, I love that because that is such the natural um, pulsing that we want. We've encouraged people in there for their balance, for their health and wellness to expand and then rest. And it's the same for your larger vision for the growth mm. of your business. You grow and you stabilize and you grow and you stabilize. And so as you look at the next year, I love that Sonia to actually look at why you're kind of maybe even two columns where one is like, here's my growth goals. And just again, writing them all down, you can do your little three question inquiry after each one of those. Is this really me? Is this somebody else's? Um, should, could, would somebody else trying to get me to do this? Or is this me comparing myself to somebody else? And then you have your other column, which is stabilization goals and go mm-hmm. through those and ask those questions, like getting really clear with yourself about both aspects of your business, expansion and stabilization. I love that. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we just devalue the stabilizing, right? The chopping wood and carrying water, as we've talked about before, are the, you know, just getting it's not habitual. the sexy stuff, right? It's yeah. not the sexy rose-colored yeah. <laughs> glasses you talk about being an entrepreneur. It's not the Instagram interest. No, Gritty. but you know what's so interesting is when we when we start to get stabilized, when we have habitual patterns with th- some of the things in our business, with some of the chopping wood and carrying water, then the growth part is so much easier. So, you know, I know for like me, delivery, like delivering to my clients and also uh, sales calls, right? Like those things are really habitual. Like they don't require a lot of extra effort. They don't require a lot of my creative energy. Like they're just things I know how to do. They're things I'm good at. All my systems are stabilized. And so that allows me to then put attention on sort of the next growth area because I'm stabilized, but my main core parts of my business are working habitually, which is so powerful and good. And it allows me to have more balance. Yeah. And we just don't talk about this enough, like you said, because most of, or I just feel that most of what I see out there um, are the growth stories that are the blog post or the um, podcast or, you know, all the things telling you about how to do that more sexy piece of expansion yeah. and growth. And, and I mean, and I see it within, you know, for being someone who's owned and operated my co-working space now for over 10 years, I look at some people who've just opened for like two years and they're already talking about their second location or their expansion. And I just think, wow, like there's not a lot of people. It takes so much to curate a community within a co-working space. And so if you don't give yourself time to stabilize your community, you're going to pop open all these other locations or all these. I mean, and many people listening, you know what I'm talking about. You've got all your programs and you got all your things or you got your brick and mortars. But if you started growing too fast, then there's not deeper quality. There's not like a seated, people can't feel you seated in that business or in that yes. program. They don't feel you. They have their, the ghost of you. And that program is never going to be successful when you've ghosted it. Yeah. 
So true. And I think, you know, that's the thing is a lot of people are building, you know, a house of cards. They, you know, their growth, 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 and then they get too extended. They, whether that's financially, whether that's energy wise, you know, all of these things, it's like growth is the, is the thing everyone's after, but I actually think stabilizing is more valuable. Yeah. And it's so great that we're having this conversation within the context of New New Year's resolutions or Mm -hmm. New Year's goals, because I think the old paradigm that what most people think of is a think growth. It's New Year's. Like, how am I going to grow? How am I going to go big? How am I going to get those things done? And it's I think both you and Heizan are just recommending, like, what if you turn that upside down with some curiosity and look at the other side of that growth, which is stabilization? What if you went into New Year's this year in 2019 with those questions of, wait, what are my goals around stabilizing, sustainability, creating habitual automated or just processes that my business knows so well, like I don't even have to think about it. It's like that stuff can get really exciting when you understand the freedom that it's going to bring you. And it could be just a reframe. I know for me, as I'm having this conversation, I'm thinking, I just want to totally reframe this even for myself when I sit down and think goals and by putting it in that context of what's going to create more simplicity, more stability, more sustainability for me. Yes. Yes. And look, you know, just to give like sort of an example or a picture of, you know, one way you could do it. There's a lot of ways you could do it. But I know for myself, I've like the last six months has been a lot of growth, like not just, um, you know, in terms of more clients, but also in terms of the, some of the infrastructure I've invested in a lot of sort of infrastructure and experts to help me work with some of the infrastructure in my business. And that's been amazing, but it's a lot of investment financially. It's been a lot of extra investment energy wise and growth wise. So I've made a commitment to myself that the first quarter of next year, no more growth. Like I'm going to just stabilize on what I have. I'm going to not invest in any big programs, any big projects. I'm just going to literally coast and work with what I currently have. And I think, you know, that's like so different than what you usually hear because everyone's like big growth. Like I'll still maintain sales. I'll still maintain my clients. Like, but I'm not going to be pushing any new growth projects. And if you really look at it, most people, they're like, I would say 90% of what they're doing in their business is focused around growth and 10% around just maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like, we're kind of um, looking at the... the shiny object syndrome, right? It's like the shiny object can kind of be that like, oh, let me look at growth. How exciting. Let me look at that. Let me see how I'm going to grow. But growth when it's not based on stability, like you said, is not long lasting. It's not something that's going to take you really most likely to your greater vision. It's going to be maybe a burst of success, you know, like a short-term overnight thing that's like, yay, this feels awesome. But you haven't really created something. I like the stair step, even like I really literally in my head kind of saw that step where you were talking about, like you grow, you lift up, you're going up and escalating higher to reach something, but you step. And if you're not fully stepping down and grounding yourself on that level, then it's likely that you might actually slip down or you might miss a step or like something's going to happen because you're not 
present and intentional with finding your footing on each different level that you're, you know, as you're growing. Yes, exactly. And so I think, you know, these are real, some really sort of different ways to think. So I think, you know, just to sort of wrap up today and what we've talked about, you know, it's really about starting to, to make sure you know what your bigger vision feels like so that you've got reference points, you've got anchors, you've got a focus and a direction. And then it's really about feeling what's realistic to put in your bucket for this year, you know, and not just your growth goals, but your stabilization goals, you know, and, and maybe it's just a year for stabilizing and there is no growth goals and you're just working on stabilizing what you currently have, feeling grounded in that. That's totally okay too. Um, and so I think, you know, that's what really talking about is sort of turning the usual New Year's goals on your head and instead looking at the them from a very different framework, a very different viewpoint, um, so that you're able to create something that is, you know, moving you towards your big goals, but more realistic for your energy and for balance and for, you know, moving through what will work for you and not sabotaging yourself in the long run. Yes. And we encourage you to look at that calendar, your quarterly times, maybe throughout the coming year that you can check in and just see how you're doing and know that you're setting some intentions and those goals with some of the guidelines that we've just discussed for the first quarter. And you go into your second, third, fourth, you have these long-term goals, but you always give yourself permission to have space around each quarter to say what's working, what's not working, where do I need to pivot? How do I need to adjust? Like maybe something was in your fourth quarter for 2019 and your check-in during first quarter, you like go ahead and shelf it. Like Sonic calls it, let's bucket that for 2020, you know, done off the list. Do not need to worry about that one anymore for this year. And that feels so good. There's nothing better than just relieving yourself of some burden and responsibility that only you might be placing on your shoulders, you know? So go into 2019. I am encouraging go in light, go in like a little Mm. less weight on the shoulders, go in with, um, some curiosity and some playfulness around just looking at it in a different way than maybe you've ever done before. I love it. And I would just add as well, allowing yourself to be flexible throughout the year, to shift and change as required and not getting too set in any one goal or any one thing that you think you need to accomplish allowing there to be movement and flow and, and, you know, a following of your intuition, if you feel like there's a different thing that you need to do. So it's, you know, going in lighter, going in with more playfulness. I love that more space. And then also allowing for the flexibility as the year moves on. So hopefully this will really help start off your new year, right? Um, Thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.